0: I learned something this week about another Roman god, uh, the Roman god Janus. Now, for those that aren't up to speed on pagan mythology, which I have to say I'm not an expert, all of my information is gathered from Wikipedia. Uh, Janus is the god of gates, the god of doors or beginnings or transitions or thresholds, and his name comes from the Latin word for doorway. Now, what's unusual about Janus is uh, his image. The classic image of Janus is of a man with two faces, one looking forward and one looking backward, facing away from each other. And you can see that, hopefully, that image. Now, he appears doing this on many Roman coins. And so uh, you can actually apparently go to various different museums and see these uh, many coins uh, held over from that age. Now, it was believed that Janus held the key between uh, the past and the future. And this is why the first month of our year is named after Janus, January. Because what we do in January is we step over a threshold, a doorway from what was 2020 into what will be 2021 in this case. But we've done that every new year since time began. It's a reminder to those of us, even those of us who don't take Roman mythology, pagan mythology very seriously at all, that the new year always presents an opportunity to cross over a threshold into something fresh and new. And and at their best, these times, these new year moments are an opportunity to catch new vision and new purpose. But I wonder if, like me... As you stepped over the threshold, if you were even awake, if you even bothered to stay awake uh, and on New Year's Eve, if you st- as you stepped over that threshold, you didn't feel just a little bit overwhelmed. You look back as Janice with your face in the past and you saw, what did you see? You saw lockdown. You look forward into the future and what do you see? more lockdown, more lockdown. More lockdown. Stretching out as far as the eye can see and the heart can hope. What is there? Your front room. Honestly, uh, this week I've been struggling with a sense of desolation, as Saint Ignatius would say. Despondency, as the psalmist would say. Psalm 42 has come to mind. Why? Oh my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so downcast within me? Hope again in God. For I will yet again praise him, my Savior and my God. That sense of being downcast, of being downtrodden, even, I think is a familiar one to us at these times. And so it is at these moments that we need to be even more intentional than ever. But lifting our sights, not just looking back, as it were, to the immediate. Not just looking forward to the immediate, but looking back further. Looking up further to the God who was and is and is to come, and looking beyond to the end, to what it looks like, what God is going to do. This morning, we begin a new series of teaching. And I want to really focus on what it means to be the church, who we are as the church, what God's design and intention is and was for us as his people What our purpose and vision is as God's people and in order to do that we have to look and we are going to take a sustained look over the weeks and months to come at the God who formed us because it's only by looking at him that we can discover who we are and I believe that this is essential for the church in these days for us as a church but for the church more broadly in these days because I believe we have become confused about who we are and what we're for. We need to be re-envisioned and repurposed. We need to remember what our essential vision is. Who are we? Are we an extension of the welfare state? Are we a public health body? Are we a community organization? Are we a social club? An escapist movement? Are we a power broker? Desperate to attract celebrities to give us some credibility to our faith? Or are we indeed the people of God who worship the resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ? Church, we need to be repurposed. But we can't be repurposed until we've been refocused. We have to be refocused in these days on who God is. And that's why we're going to begin at the beginning in Genesis. And as providence would have it, this is actually the re- lectionary reading for the day. So let's read these Verses again, Joe just read to us, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Sounds like, sounds like now, (laughs) formless, empty. Darkness over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. Now, according to Roman mythology, there we are back in Roman mythology, Janus was present at the beginning of the world. But when actually we look at the authoritative account of why and who, the why and the who of creation, what we find is that he is nowhere to be seen and that all we have is Yahweh. We have chaos, we have unformed nothingness and we have Yahweh, God. And God begins to speak and God creates light and life. God makes, he creates the heavens and the earth. This formless voidness, it is a picture of chaos, of nothingness and into that God speaks. He has design, he has vision, he has purpose. Not just for a people, we'll get there, but for the whole of created order. And he speaks life, and in this case he speaks light. And he calls it good. He calls it good. And that word good in Hebrew is the word tov. T-O-V is the transliteration. Tov. Mouth it if you're in the room, say it at home. Tove, if you've got a neighbor next to you, just turn to them and say, Tov. God creates a world that is Tove. Tove is the design for his creation. The world is formless and empty, but God orders it. He gives it design, meaning, purpose, value, intent. He calls it Tove. Scott McKnight, theologian, says. In other words, perfect, excellent, just as I wanted. Voila! <laughs> Not so good in my pronunciation there. Put differently, tov is about beauty, aesthetics, excellence, what pleases, our sense of sight and sound. God looks at it, he calls it good. Indeed, this isn't the last time we see this word tov in the the, the creation account. We see it come across six times. Every time God makes something, he calls it tov. And then the seventh occasion it it occurs after he makes mankind male and female. It says, in his image he created them and he called them Tov Meod. Tov Meod. He says, and that means very good. Very good. Tov Meod. I love that. I, don't even, I didn't even know that before a couple of weeks ago, but I love that phrase, Tov Meod. The Hebrew word for good or goodness is by far one of the most popular terms in the Bible. With more than 700 occurrences of the word in Scripture, we could say that our Bible is the book of God. Toe. But very good doesn't even capture the essence of what God is saying about creation. He's saying it's the best of the best. It's exceedingly abundantly. He is exceedingly abundantly delighted with it. It is so good. Now I love this. I imagine uh, through this series, I imagine as, as a, a spiritual discipline, as a community, just beginning to wander about. Well, we may not be wondering about, actually, but going about our daily lives and just when we see something good, just uttering "tove." I, I, we see a, a, a newborn child just saying "Tove." "Tove my ode." I imagine us just maybe uh, seeing at home doing a piece of work, a spreadsheet, or whatever it is, and just saying "tove." I imagine us just declaring over the homeschool work our children have done, "Tove!" I imagine us seeing an act of kindness and compassion in our world and saying, Tov. I imagine us uh, hearing the statistics from how many people have been vaccinated and saying, Tov. I imagine us just seeing uh, the work of the people that we clap every Thursday or whatever we're now doing and saying, Tov. You know, that's what we were doing every Thursday in the first lockdown, you know. We were going to our doors and we were saying, Tov. It's the most profound spiritual discipline to say, Tov, I want it to come into our vernacular. I want it to be part of our dictionary. The supreme definition of creation according to God is that it's Tov. And that can only be the case because the supreme definition of God in Scripture is that he is. You guessed it. Tov. You need to understand this. God doesn't just do Tov. God doesn't just sometimes act Tov when he feels good, when he's in a good mood. I, I, am a, I can be a really, really good parent. I have my moments, I know that. And I sometimes, I'm not. And when I'm doing my best parenting, it's when I'm, it's when I'm just affirming and enriching my children with their utter inherent toveness. And sometimes I do the opposite. God isn't like me, and he isn't like you. He doesn't have better and worse moments. He's utterly, profoundly tove all the time. Psalm 119, 68 says, You are tove, you are good, and you do only tove. You do only good. Now there's a moment in in the scripture, it's Exodus 33. It's probably one of my favorite parts of scripture. I know I say that every week. But this actually really is. And, and the moment is when Exodus, uh, Moses rather has been up the Mount Sinai and he's got the law from God. He's had this profound encounter with God and he's come down with the law written on tablets of stone by God's own hand. And he comes down and finds the people in disobedience and he smashes the law on the ground and, uh, and the people enter into this moment of soul searching. And Moses in that moment seeks God like never before. And God promises that he will stay with Moses and he will stay with the people. But Moses goes one stage further and he begs, he beseeches God not just to stay with them, but that he would allow Moses to see God's own manifest presence, his glory. The word, again in Hebrew, is kavod, his essence, if you like, his true self. Not just an image, but the manifest presence itself, that there would be no barrier between God and Moses. And what God says is fascinating. The first thing he says is, No way, son. If you were to see my face, you would die. In other words, there's something profound about who God is. It's, uh, God's true essence is so rich, so whatever it is, that, that, if God, that if Moses would see it, it would cause him to die. It would be like staring at the sun directly. You know, people are talking about Elon Musk and others about getting to Mars to save the future of humanity. No one, I tell you, is saying, let's make a trip to the sun. For good reason. We couldn't stand the energy of the sun. God says, I'm a little bit like that. But he does say this, you can see my face. And Moses is asked to see God's glory. And God says this, it's stunning. He says, I will let my goodness pass before you. What God is trying to say to Moses and I believe to us is that my glory, my essence, my true nature is my goodness. God's glory is his goodness, his toveness. Thus, as McKnight says again, God's tove became inextricably connected to his name. That's how vital tove is in the Bible. Creation is good. God is good. He isn't just a good, he is the good. He is good all the time. And because of that, this is the vision for humankind and for the church, that we would be above all, before all, Tove, That's it. We're called to be church. That's the vision. That's the purpose. This is a vision sermon, in case you didn't realize, and this is the vision. Not a project, not a plan, but a people. A people of Tov. And we see that that was the intent from the first day. Adam and Eve, made in God's image and likeness, meant to reflect his what? His goodness, his toveness into the world. And in order to do that, it had to stay close to him, to be dependent upon him. And in choosing autonomy, in choosing, in other words, to define Tov for themselves, they fell out of relation to God. And they lost the source of that Tov. And from then on, God has been working ceaselessly to bring His glory, which is His goodness, back to the heart of His creation. And His plan and His purpose was always to create a people of Tov. And ultimately to manifest His presence as a man of Tov. God Himself in flesh, fully God, fully man. The fullest, complete representation, the perfect manifestation of God's glory, God's kavod, God's tov in the earth. Jesus Christ, who we worship today. And because Jesus is fully tov, we his people, the body of Christ on earth, are called to be tov. We're called to be good. Not to be relevant. Not to be excellent, not to be effective, not to be successful, not to be famous or to rub shoulders with those who are famous, not to be powerful, not to pander after influence as if that were a word that were ever used in the Bible positively, but to be tove. To carry the goodness of God in our bones, in the way that we walk, in the way that we wake and sleep, in the way that we act towards our, one another, in the way that we act towards ourselves, in the way that we act towards the world that God so loved that he sent his only son, that they might receive and understand his love. The point I'm trying to make today is that the deepest vision and purpose for humankind, for the church. All we are is a colony of the kingdom, isn't it? It's not about projects. It's not not about the projects we do, but about the people we're becoming. The church is a school of formation in Tov. That's who we are. We're a family of Tov, a people of Tov. Because God has created a world and called it Tov. And this is a description of his intention for it, as well as its final destiny. There will be a day when Tove will cover everything. When God will remove every stain of untove, <laughs> Of evil, of badness, of sickness, of unsoundness. And Tov will be all. God will be all and in all. And what he desires and demands in the meantime is to see a people of Tov. So, how can we grow in it? Well, over the next couple of, well, few weeks, few months, who knows? <laughs> We're going to be asking that question. But I suggest to you today that we could go, we could do worse than to begin with Moses. What does he say? Simple, simple prayer. Lord, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God responds by showing him his goodness. It is, as Paul says in the letter to the Corinthians, it is as we contemplate his glory that we are transformed into his image. Now, we've always said that as a church. We've always said that our primary responsibility is to contemplate His glory, to encounter Him. That's the beginning of Christian faith. That's why our vision is to see a church on fire, because that can only happen with the people who are contemplating His glory. In other words, prayer and worship are always the heart of the church's commission. And I want to just refocus us now on God. What's the vision for 2021? It's God. It's God. It's God. It's not more projects and plans. It's not more prophetic insights. It's more God. More God. And only God can give us God.